to the Heads Up Podcast. I am Jason Rogers, the head of school of Rundle College Society, and I'll be your host for this season's episode. With each new podcast, we hope to explore interesting topics relating to Rundle College student, faculty, and parent life. This season, you'll hear interviews with faculty, parents, alumni, students, and educational experts. Each episode will aim to provide an insight and context to the happenings in and around our community. Thank you for joining me and everybody in the Rumble College Society on this journey, and I hope you enjoy this Rumble experience. Welcome back to the Heads Up Podcast. On today's episode, I'm looking forward to having a conversation about the learning studio here at Rundle College. But before I do that, let me take a second and plug a couple of upcoming podcasts which you can keep your eye open for. In the coming weeks, we will see Shannon Hart back, and she's doing an expose of books about kindness and well-being. So we can hardly wait to see what recommendations she brings. And we're going to do a series of about five podcasts, which are conversations with students who are coming to the podcast to ask any question that they can think of about Rundle College, the future of education, teaching and learning, um, generally anything that's on their mind. And I'm going to take the opportunity to answer those questions from uh, my perspective, but also from the Rundle College Society perspective. So we'll see kindergarten to grade 12 students from the academy and the college uh, asking questions, and, and I'll take an opportunity to answer those and enlighten our community as to where we are and where we're going. So now, without any further ado, let's welcome Joe Briggs to today's program. Now, on today's program, we're going to talk about the Learning Studio at Rundle. What the Learning Studio is, in essence, is a test kitchen for learning sciences. What we've done is we've taken a classroom uh, structure, basically emptied it, and empowered teachers to design their own learning space, all the while being mindful of what we know about learning, taking into account uh, students' age, the grade that they're teaching, and the subject matter that they're about to deliver, and most importantly, thinking about their own teaching strategies and their strengths in teaching, and creating a space that will best empower them to deliver powerful and impactful curriculum that inspires students to think critically and dive deep into the learning that they're about to engage into. So on today's episode, join me in welcoming Miss Briggs to share some of her insights and learnings about her time inside the learning studio at Rundle College. All right, Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for being here. It's going to be really fun to talk about um, the studio. It's been a, it's been a big change. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first question that I want to kind of chat about is, um, as you thought about going into the learning studio, you probably thought something was going to change with your teaching or your pedagogy or with your class. Um, What did you expect would change? And then the follow-up is, what changed for you? Well, the thing I was most excited about, about this uh, playing in this sandbox, Mm -hmm was the opportunity to use flexible seating. Right. And so I really wanted to try and figure out how to use a physical space with different things in it and different types of furniture items or different things within the physical space that would allow my students to work in different groups 
for speaking activities. Right. So that was my number one. My number one focus was on giving them different environments to to do their speaking activities in. Right. And for those listeners who don't know who you are or what you teach, what are your core subject areas? What were the main things you were teaching in the space? Oh, I teach second languages. That's my specialty. And uh, in my case right now, I'm solely teaching Spanish. But any of these methods could be used in any second language classroom. Right on. And I think with those spaces that you're... um referring to oftentimes when i'd walk into your your learning studio it felt like i just entered either a market or a coffee shop mm-hmm. so tell me more about your thinking in building out those spaces what you know what purpose were you trying to meet well i always want i really wanted to create an environment that would be very safe and conducive for students being able to use the target language in this case spanish So number one is having kids feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. So even things like having, instead of fluorescent lights, we had lights on a dimmer. Right on. And it just sort of set a different tone, like it created a different climate in there immediately. And then my spaces, the things that I did in there, uh, yes, we did market day. So Mm -hmm. the students would work with a partner and create a market stall where they would have a number of items for sale. Mm-hmm. And then one student would go to work in the, in the stall and the other student would go shopping. I would give them a quote-unquote allowance of Monopoly money. Yeah. And then the students would move around. And I really tried to limit my interaction with them. I was just strictly observing. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't correcting them. I just wanted them to speak as much as they could. Mm-hmm. And they rolled around in their chairs from stall to stall and they spoke with each other in the target language. So I was really pleased with that. Another thing I did was, and this is something I've wanted to do for years, was uh, the students were working on a unit about travel. Right, right. So I read about this technique years ago and you set up your classroom to be a school bus or a tour bus. Yeah. Rather. So when the students arrived, I had all the chairs in two rows to be like a bus. Yeah. And the student who was giving the presentation stood at the front of the bus as they were the tour guide. Yeah, yeah. And I had the big screen TV set up beside the chairs. So the students were on the bus and looking out the window. Right. And the student giving the, the tour, the tour guide, would be pointing to things like the park or the stadium or what have you. And the students loved it. And they were pretending they were the driver. And um, there was just a lot of interaction between the students that happened in the target language that I was really pleased with. Yeah, it's like such a dynamic space that I noticed that every time I came into your room, it seemed like it was a totally different environment, like Mm -hmm. different setup, Mm -hmm. all of those things. I mean, I think the challenge for some teachers, they worry about um, distraction in their classroom if they're continually changing the space. What was your your observation? Were the students more distracted or they more engaged with the dynamic space that you'd provided? Vale. I would say, <laughs> I feel like what I did when I was in that space, because almost every class I was able to change the furniture and the setup very, very quickly because yeah. I had all movable tables and chairs. So I feel like for them, and I got this feedback from them, they never kind of knew what to expect when they walked in. Right. So in some ways, that's bad because, you know, you're pulling the rug out under them or you're you're making them uneasy. But for me, it wasn't like that at all. And mm-hmm. I found my students were very adventurous. Like they were along for the ride with me and they would walk in and think, oh, what are we going to do today? Are we going to be on the 
tour bus? Yeah. Are we going to be at the market? Uh, is she going to make me order a cafe or what yeah. is she going to have me do today? Yeah. But I think just the environment that I had set up with them made them feel comfortable, which is the biggest thing in teaching languages is helping them feel comfortable and supported so that they can take risks. Totally. Speaking language. Totally. Yeah. And we saw that in your class. I mean, you'd have multiple breakout groups in your class that were able to function as it's sometimes dynamic, like it was a complex system. Sometimes they would just be with the two or three kids they were with, or one, and then all of a sudden they'd be in a different group. And I think the flexibility of your space allowed for that. Mm -hmm. as, as second language teachers, part of our pedagogy is, uh, in language we have six languaging events, we call yeah. them. So uh, reading, writing, speaking, listening, viewing, and representing. Got it. And so typically in one class, I try to hit at least four of them. Mm -hmm. And so in that kind of space, it was very, very easy because I could quickly change from an individual listening activity where they had their headphones on and they were engaged in a listening comprehension activity. And then two seconds later, they could be speaking with a partner. Mm -hmm. And then next, they're doing a quiz or they're doing a grammar or next they're watching somebody's presentation. So it was yeah. really quickly, and that's really a priority for us as language teachers is those languaging events. Yeah. So typically, we, if you ever walked into a language class, you would see so many transitions and you would see a lot of variety in the kind of educational activities kids do within one class. I think it's so smart to mm -hmm. design around those languaging events mm -hmm. and be able to have the furniture or the space that allows for those. Um, and you could see it living in your space. I mean, that that was remarkable. Um, for listeners who have no concept of what your learning studio looked like, mm -hmm. can you take them on like the best verbal tour of your space <laughs> that you can describe in sure, the furniture and the spaces? <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody when they walked in, uh, they would comment on how cool everything looked. I used a lot of really bright, vibrant colors. So people appreciated that. But then the kind of piece de resistance was my, what we're calling our conversation suite. Mm -hmm. So everybody loved this one area that I had in a corner. And it had uh, three kind of couch pieces with some gray privacy screens around them. Right. And then this huge lamp over top. Now the yeah. lamp wasn't to provide any light. Yeah. It was just to create a space and sort of create this one little area. So that is my conversation suite, and that's mm -hmm. where the students, uh, I, ideally I designed it for them to do their integrated performance assessment, which is a speaking assessment with another cool. student. Yeah. So I basically give them a, a situation, like you are you are in your old age, and you're vejez, and you are talking with someone in the same um, retirement home. Yeah. And you're gonna reminisce about your childhood. So I had students go in there. Some of them pretended that their the chairs on wheels were their wheelchair, and they <laughs> would. And one pretended it was a walker, and then yeah. they they got into this space and they sat in there and they had this conversation, reminiscing about their childhood. It was it was really remarkable. So that space, kids loved it. Uh, teachers would come in and say, "What's that lamp for?" <laughs> but yeah, people liked that. It was a huge overhanging lamp that would yeah. identify enough space for that's uh, the space three or four kids mm -hmm. to be under it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a pretty cool effect 
to identify the space from above as opposed to from below. I really yeah, that really was interesting because there yeah. was no carpet, yeah. so it was from above. It was just a sort of different scene. Mm-hmm. But the space that I was creating was for speaking. However, every mm-hmm. time the bell rang, kids would be racing to sit there for yeah. the class because they yeah. just wanted to sit there for the class. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of fun that way. And they're able to, like, I think before we get on any further in your verbal, you know, yep. walking tour, yep. um, some listeners were going to hear, well, there's a couch in your classroom. Doesn't that negatively impact your classroom management ability? But you found that kids were able to manage manage yeah. and monitor themselves in that space. Absolutely. And I actually had, there was three, they, they kind of, it's like a sectional. So there's three different chairs that kind of move together like a couch. Mm-hmm. So they could separate when they had to do notes or do a quiz or anything like that. So it was really, I didn't find it distracted at all. Good. Good. Okay, cool. Yeah. What, what, what other features would people see if they came into your classroom? Oh, what people liked or they were interested in was uh, I did chevron shaped tables Mm -hmm. so the tables could be put together in the each table sits two Mm -hmm. and then I could put them together in two or I could put them together in four or five Uh, and the chevron shape just the simple change of shape from a regular rectangular table Mm -hmm. uh, you could make a really nice sort of UN style seating yeah like a big U that happened really quickly and then also I use a lot of um I use small whiteboards a lot. Right. So, for instance, when I'm teaching question words, I'll ask, I'll give the statement, and they have to write the question, and I'll have the students write it on the, the board, and then yep. they have to hold it up for me. And I use a lot of those, uh, but these tables actually have a, a section where you can put a, a whiteboard. So yeah. they have hanging whiteboards on the side. That's really cool. Yeah. So the kids can just pull them out really quickly. It saves me time and passing a basket around. Yeah. It just made it quicker. Yeah. It was way quicker. And then alternatively, I could take those whiteboards and I could put them in the middle of the table to provide a screen. So for instance, when the kids were doing a listening assessment yeah. or if they were writing a test or a quiz, we could put those up in between and it provided privacy. So that's always something that people notice a lot. Super dynamic, super flexible, and yeah. we'll have the opportunity to just put in a plug for, if you want to see this furniture, it's easy to go to the Steelcase educational website mm-hmm. and pull it up. Steelcase has been a, a great sponsor of our program and has been a great support, and we're working with them to evaluate the spaces. So by all means, go to Steelcase Education, and you'll see an awful lot of what Joe is describing mm-hmm. here in the functional learning spaces mm-hmm. okay take us through uh, are there any other elements in the classroom that people would oh i had um i had a stand-up desk yeah, so i, I always you. share a space with my cohort uh, maria santos mm-hmm. and we always share a room and so we needed a, a desk that would allow both of us to have a space just for us to put our teaching mm-hmm. materials so that was really a nice space it's tall it's a standing mm-hmm. desk mm-hmm. Uh, and we had a couple of stools but also i found uh, I also got another tall table, like a standing desk for mm-hmm. students, because I teach a lot of high school boys, mm-hmm. and by the time they're in grade 11 and grade 12, some of them are very tall, mm-hmm. and they don't fit comfortably in the chairs. Yeah. So I chose chairs that had the flexibility to go up and down, but that still didn't help the tall boys and right. girls, because uh, the taller students, their legs don't fit underneath. Mm-hmm. So the tall tables uh, were great, because I had a number of students 
especially by the end of the day in period four, they don't want to sit anymore. They've right. been sitting all right. day. Totally. And so for them, I noticed before I went into the space, my students would be standing sort of hovering and it made me feel uncomfortable for yeah. them. I thought, oh, do you, are you okay? Do you need to sit down? And they'd say, no, we're just, we've been, sta- we've been sitting all day. We want to stand. So I love the tall tables for those purposes for sure. That was really helpful for them. I think as far as furniture goes, uh, there was a notable omission in your classroom. Uh, when I would go in, there's two teachers in the room, but there's no teacher desks mm-hmm. per se, traditionally. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about that for a minute, Joe? Like, wh- sure. what was that about exactly, and how to, how does that manifest now? Well, often uh, Maria and I we are uh, we're sort of on an opposite schedule. Mm-hmm. But it's provided us great opportunities because we've both been teaching for a long time mm-hmm. and we both designed our program. So it, when we have those two spaces, I can be in there marking or I can be in there planning. Mm-hmm. But I love to observe her because yeah. she's an absolute master of her craft and vice versa. She yeah. stays in the room and she watches me. And yeah. we just, we, that is the best professional development because as teachers... We so often work in isolation. You're an island in your classroom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I love that we're always together and we each have our own space. Mm-hmm. The one downside to our desk is it has no drawers. Yeah. And we're really trying to cut down on clutter. We're yeah. trying to go all spark joy everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, so it's just made us. And now we've moved back into our classroom. We've, we've got rid of so much clutter because mm-hmm. we just want the space to be clean and we want a, a space for the other teacher to work but the teacher working there is who's not teaching is also involved in the teaching yeah because we always draw on each other so that's been really great that is so cool yeah um and we'll get on to like how do you continue the momentum in your learning in a moment but before we go there i want to just double back to your um verbal tour of the space and mm-hmm. uh tell me just lastly about the av elements the technology that mm-hmm. was in the classroom and how it's used and whether it's impactful or not. What yeah. role did technology play in your design? So a few things. We do a lot of listening. Um, we listen to lots of different recorded things and we, we do a lot of viewing on a screen. So I know, and I know Miss Santos loved this, but uh, we were able to project to this large, large screen mm-hmm. uh, really easily. Yeah. Because of, can I say the product? For because, sure, yeah, say because, no, totally. Because we have that Apple TV. Yeah. It's a game changer. Nice if Apple would sponsor uh, <laughs> if, Apple, if Apple, Apple. Only. <laughs> I wish. No, that was a game changer. And yeah. I know Maria, that was her favorite thing. Yeah. Uh, even, so before, if I had to, uh, if I wanted to project a slideshow, yeah. I'd have to go to my computer and yeah. be in a stationary spot and plug in and my computer would have to stay there. Yep. Now me, I always ask a student to go and drive. I say, oh, yeah. you're, you're driving <laughs> today. So and then I go in front yep. of the screen and, yep. and the student does it for me. But the way that that works, it's so great. I can be anywhere, I can be on my iPad yep. and I can just push it right there. I don't lose any time. That's yep. the biggest thing it's because time is a gift. Totally. And so if I, if I don't lose that three minutes of trying to hook up um, that was really, really helpful. Yeah, minutes totally matter. They add up over time, They right? do. Yes. And even the best was with student presentations mm-hmm. because we did a lot of student presentations. I do a thing called Idolo Latino, like mm-hmm. Latin Idol. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's like American Idol. Yeah, so yeah. 
students all pick a Latin artist and they have to find a it's a song. They yeah. they do a little presentation about about the artist, and then we have. Every day we vote, yeah. and only one continues on, <laughs> and then we. But it was phenomenal because the kids would just, ever, the students could just automatically push their presentation. It didn't take any time. Love it. And they loved being able to be on their computer. They're all at yeah. home, and they were showing their presentation. It was great. I think the ubiquity of the technology in the classroom was remarkable, and I also think the flexibility and the movability. Like I would see oh, you huge. moving your monitor around for different functions and it, like the bus is a good example you'd move it to the middle of the classroom and they feel like they're on a bus mm-hmm. sightseeing yeah who knows where right and that, yeah. that was really cool that was awesome yeah that was fun and I don't know what it is but instead of having instead of using a projector and a screen mm-hmm. having the tv and even not the bus day but uh, other times uh, I would just have the students roll their I would push the tables to the side of the room and the students would roll their chairs and we'd be all in front of the TV and mm-hmm. it just felt like more intimate like you're mm-hmm. watching a show with your family no or doubt. something no like doubt. it was really it's just a little more I don't know what intimate or, yeah I'm not sure yeah no I totally something like that that is um I, I would see it in your class and I there's something to that it just brings yeah. people together yeah rather safe, than it right? being it on the wall safe. yeah yeah it's just a little change that had a bigger impact than I realized that's cool. Okay, so let's talk about now. I don't think your pedagogy has changed significantly. It sounds like you came in with a, a good idea of your pedagogy, designed around your pedagogy, and built that out. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm curious. So you mentioned the tidying up piece. You mentioned the technology, the ability to be flexible and move. How do you keep this momentum as you move into your back to your classroom, or what has changed for you? I I honestly, we've only been in our in our old classroom with the new furniture for about a week and a half. And it's just been really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the The kids come, we've had a new semester change, so we yeah. have all new classes. Yeah. And the students just come in and their first thing they say is, wow, I love it in here. Yeah. Which, come yeah. on, they say, <laughs> we, we all want our students to be happy to be in our classrooms. Yeah. Right? Uh, but in terms of teaching, I mean, my number one thing I think that I know is that students love to move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Students love to move. And I knew that before, and I will continue to do that. So mm-hmm. I, I do a ton of TPR mm-hmm. teaching. Mm-hmm. What is TPR for people who don't Total move? physical response. Excellent. Yeah. Right? So yeah. when I, when I, if we're doing, I don't know, something really boring like grammar, like yeah. verb conjugation, Some I don't just have that, them. Just so you know, oh, no, I love it. You a segment of. <laughs> No, I I'm love grammar, I but I love like <laughs> choral conjugation of verbs, right? Some people hate that, but I, I love it. But I make them do it with their hand. Yeah, yeah. I, they, they do all their verb endings using their hand, and they have to do these things. And I always tell them, if, if you're learning something, move your body. Because mm-hmm. if you're learning and mm-hmm. attaching new vocabulary concept and you're moving, it sticks in your brain better. Yeah. So I've always taught like that. But I don't know. There's just the being able to move. Uh, for instance, one day I pushed all the chairs out again and I had all the chairs or all the tables to the sides and the chairs in the middle. And the students were given a task of pretending they were shopping. So one person was the salesperson, one person was looking for a clothing item. Mm-hmm. And I would have them work together, but it was remarkable because I recorded it and then I watched it. And yeah. that was my aha uh-huh. that students love to move. They 
were in groups rolling around in the middle. They would be with one person, but they would constantly be moving in their chair. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it wasn't a nervous movement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was kids just being able to move. They're not stuck yeah. in their chair. And right. they're moving, and they're speaking target language. And to me, that was like, yes, this yeah. is it. They have to move, and you have to allow them to move. And they just... They did it. They, I didn't hear any English, right? So yes. for me, I'll just keep doing that. That was awesome. Yeah. Well, you yeah. really, you make me want to take your Spanish of class. <laughs> Siempre bienvenido. <laughs> well, I'd love to know. You're that. always welcome. <laughs> um, but congratulations on Thank taking you. a chance in the learning studio. Um, thanks great. for thinking about kids first. You clearly are putting them in the driver's seat. Yes. Um, literally sometimes yeah. <laughs> you know? and uh, and I love being around your classroom so I hope that if people listen or inspired they want to see your space uh, that they drop by and, mm-hmm. and take part in, in the action yes my door is always open thank you thank you Joe it was really <laughs> fun to be with you today <laughs> thanks